You have just entered the portal of discovery, complete with a British chick intro. Now, strap yourself in. We are in control of... We can adjust the treble. The bass. Add, add echo. Welcome to Speaking Out, America. We are in control. Well, that's what I want you to believe, right? The, the podcast is called Speaking Out America. My name is JR, and it's growing, and I thank you for uh, following it. And I want you to follow it because every day I'll drop a segment. Sometimes it'll be long. Sometimes it'll be short. But it's always going to be impactful because we do talk about a lot of serious things here. And we're going to talk about a lot of serious things today. Michael Letts is going to be here. We may go a couple of segments. I've seen Sound of Freedom. And I want to get his take on it because he is a law enforcement uh, expert. He has been in law enforcement for decades. He is considered, uh, well, I, I would say he, let's just say that other law enforcement officers call him for consult across the nation. He's also the CEO of investusa.org, which is a, uh, a, a, a an organization that provides bulletproof vests to law enforcement officers who need them. So um, Harriet Hageman had some interesting things to say. I happened to catch her on the Internet. She is the newly elected congresswoman who replaced uh, uh, Liz Cheney in the elections last year. And uh, I know a little bit about her. She is a native of Wyoming, which is something unique. <laughs> I don't think Liz Cheney would consider her a native of Wyoming. She spends all of her life in D.C., but somehow she, because her papa has a really cool pad in Wyoming. Well, anyway, she's she's old history anyway. But Harriet Hageman had some interesting things to sort of encapsulate where we are 2.5 years into this current administration with Joe Biden. And I, uh, I really, I think she covered everything. What do you think here? If you were to give President Biden a grade for his first two years in office, which grade would you give him? It's a flat-out F. I've never seen anybody as destructive of our country as the current administration. I lived through the Jimmy Carter years with 15% interest and 18% inflation. Uh, it was it, The Jimmy Carter years were a disaster, uh, especially to people in the ag industry and, and other uh, highly leveraged industries. I grew up on a ranch near Fort Laramie, Wyoming, and um, he was terrible for our industry. Joe Biden across the board has been the worst president in my lifetime. And I think probably the worst president in U.S. history. By every single metric that you would judge someone like Joe Biden, he has failed. He has failed to keep us safe. He has failed to address the issues uh, that are important to the American public. I just truly believe that there is a special place in hell for people who adopt policies that are intended to increase the cost of housing, food, and energy. And that's exactly what this administration has done. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Harriet Hagman, the congresswoman from Wyoming. And I, uh, I again, you know, it's, it's tragic that we had to go through a pandemic only to be followed up by an inept presidency. And I, I've given thought to this a lot. And I want to go back to the 2020 elections because this was something that's been on my mind. Um, Time magazine, you might remember, came out. I, I can't remember if it was this past February or maybe it was last February. But they came out with an article that basically exposed that all the uh, social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, Google, which is heavy news, heavy news consumption. 
And uh, and what they did was they obviously throttled any kind of news that would come out that would be damaging to President Biden, i.e. the Hunter Biden laptop. That was uh, suppressed. And we know now in looking back that had people known about that and the money and all these things that are coming out now about the Biden family, that people would not have voted for Biden. And it's remarkable when you think about the fact that this man, who can barely draw a crowd, uh, was able to get 81 million people to vote for him, 10 million more than, um, than, than Trump. And, you know, so we're not supposed to question the narrative from the election because, you know, you're a denier. Yet in 2016, everybody questioned that election because Trump won and Hillary didn't. And everybody thought that Hillary was a shoe in so the only explanation was, oh, he must have colluded with the Russians to win the elections. And so now we know that that's not true. The Durham report has blasted that out of the water. We know that Hillary uh, uh, funded the the dossier. And so we know that uh, Hillary basically uh, poison-pilled the 2020 elections. And man, I don't want to go down that train. I don't want to go down that, but that memory hole. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, people like Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, uh, the guy who runs uh, Ajet Pi. Uh, no, uh, I can't remember. Ajet uh, 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 Pi. I don't remember the guy's name from Google. I should know it. But these people had the the uh, the, the gumption, the wherewithal, the cojones, whatever you want to call it. And this is where human nature is extremely dangerous because we're seeing more and more of this kind of behavior from people who supposedly want to do the right thing. If it's true that someone as powerful as Mark Zuckerberg had the consciousness to be able to say, I'm going to take my uh, my Facebook empire that influences 400 to 600 million people a day, and I'm going to use it to prevent people from knowing about Biden's mishaps so that he will be our president. And not only that, I'm going to use my, my same... Facebook platform of which I've created. I'm such a rich man. I'm going to use it to slam and slur Donald Trump because of my own feelings. So pause to consider that for a moment. So you have Jack Dorsey, you have uh, Google, you have uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you have all these people. And what are they doing? They are of the opinion that Donald Trump should not be the president. And they're going to do everything they can to prevent this man from being president, even if it's against the will of the people. And they did it. And they know they did it. And the Washington Times, or the, the uh, Times Magazine, celebrated the fact that they threw the 2020 election. And you wonder why people have conspiracy theories. If I, if I had, you know, I know the people in my family, they... You know, people that I know, close friends. Oh, Jim, you know, you don't want Trump for president. He's a bad man. And they're and they're completely clouded by this hatred of Trump that has been permeated, that has permeated media. Every time you see a picture of Trump on any of the major news media outlets, you always see a picture of him sweating. He looks bad. The shadows are wrong. Anytime they use a clip and they have been manipulating the American people. For the past 10 years on this man, and I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. 
because it's a, first of all, who gives them the right to do this? Why does Bill Gates think he has the right to mess with humanity? Why does George Soros, with all of his money and all of his influence peddling, who the hell gives him the right to get in and throw elections and put in DAs that have soft on crime policies that cause and inflict harm on American people? I mean, I wish I wasn't on, uh, part of the show wasn't on the radio because I would say, who the f do these people think they are? But that's how I feel. Who the f do these people think they are? These people should be sent to an island for the rest of their life. An island of pedophiles. I don't know, an, an, an island of criminals. We should have an island. We should create our own living hell and then put people who deserve to go there there. An island of criminals, just the worst, ruthless, you know, just put them on an island. There's no way they can possibly escape shark infested waters and just have a, a landing port and grab Bill Gates and grab George Soros, pull them out of their luxurious homes and put them on that island. They want to go to Jeff Epstein's island? And don't get me started on that. We should put them on Hell's Island. We should get it funded by a, a GoFund. If we could raise $20 million, we can buy an island and put up corrugated steel around it so that nobody can escape and put them there. That's, that's how upset I am about these people because they have, they have hurt humanity. You know, normal people are decent people. 95% of the people that inhabit this planet are just the same. We want a family, we want safety, we want food, we want to be comfortable, we want to have little barbecues at the end of the day or fireplaces and have cousins come over and visit and play soccer with our children and go to softball games and go to the movies and go out for Friday night pizza or have a birthday party and celebrate our children growing up. We're all like that. Every single one of us is like that. But the people in charge... They want to mess with it. They want things their way. They want to be in power. The Newsoms of the world, the Whitmers of the world, the, uh, the, the what's his name, uh, the former governor, Cuomo, the Bidens of the world. Listen again. Harriet Hageman talking about our current president of these United States. And we'll play that. If you were to give President Biden a grade for his first two years in office, which grade would you give him? It's a flat-out F. I've never seen anybody as destructive of our country as the current administration. I lived through the Jimmy Carter years with 15% interest and 18% inflation. Uh, it was it, The Jimmy Carter years were a disaster, uh, especially to people in the ag industry and, and other uh, highly leveraged industries. I grew up on a ranch near Fort Laramie, Wyoming, and um, he was terrible for our industry. Joe Biden across the board has been the worst president in my lifetime and I think probably the worst president in US history At, by every single metric that you would judge someone like Joe Biden he has failed he has failed to keep us safe he has failed to address the issues uh, that are important to the American public I just truly believe that there is a special place in hell for people who adopt policies that are intended to increase the cost of housing food and energy and that's exactly what this administration has done. A congresswoman talking about our president. We'll be back in just a moment. Coming up, world's leading conspiracy theories. Speaking out, America.
Michael Letts is going to be joining me in just a minute. We're going to talk about Sound of Freedom. That'll be coming up in the next segment. And he is an expert in law enforcement, a seasoned law enforcement officer, and also the investusa.org CEO who does a good job at providing life best for police officers around the country. So Michael will be joining us just a minute to talk about that. You know, I thought it would be uh, interesting. You know, I, I do spend a fair amount of time surfing the Internet like a lot of us, and I I always find it fascinating from a human a sociological perspective uh, just on what's, what's on people's mind. And I've collected what I think is a list of the different conspiracy theories that are currently moving through society. And I want to kind of go through them and, and ask you, I mean, are you, are you akin or inclined to think that maybe some of these conspiracies there are, are rooted in truth. I mean, we found that a lot of people were being accused of being conspiratorial during the COVID pandemic, and it turned out that many of our worst fears turned out to be true. Remember when people were chastised for suggesting that the Wuhan lab might have been the source of the virus, and it, it, you remember the early story was it was a wet market, right? Uh, and then there was the whole mask thing. People were told not to wear masks. They were told to wear masks. And people who didn't wear masks were dangerous. And that turned out to be tr uh, false. So there were a lot of conspiracies. Uh, and and it doesn't help when you have these oligarchs and these, uh, you know, very wealthy people of means who are out there stirring things up and oppressing things and calling things misinformation and disinformation and malinformation. So it's kind of hard these days. And I think Cheryl Atkinson sort of said it best. You know, there are conspiracies because the people behind the scenes sometimes are trying to control the narrative. Listen to this. Number one, when the media seems to be trying to shape or censor facts and opinions rather than report them. Number two, when so many in the media are reporting the same stories, promulgating the same narratives, relying on the same sources, even using the same phrases. And you hear it every night. I mean, you could flip from one network to the other, and they're all basically uh, carrying the, the same bags of water. So here, uh, and, and there's a reason for that, because, you know, it seems more and more like the press is, I mean, let's just, it's a foregone conclusion. The press is, uh, is, is completely in cahoots with the current political party. And it's simple. They want a seat at the table. It's a simple human motive, really. They just want a seat at the table. They want to be invited. They want to have access. And the government knows that these people want access. So the government plays games with them and says, well, if you help me, we'll help you. And that's, that's human nature. That's what makes it so disgusting. Because these people were not elected. And these people are supposed to serve a cause greater than just their own career opportunity. If you're a journalist, your job would be like being a doctor and, and not wanting to help people and not heal them. And believe me, there's plenty of that going around, too. So here's, here's a couple of, uh, where, where, let me look at these. these here are current conspiracy theories uh, that are circling about out there in, in the stratosphere of the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the stratosphere of the Internet. Uh, COVID is a bioweapon. That's a new conspiracy thing that's going on, quite prevalent on social media. COVID is a bioweapon meant to depopulate the earth, and it was a test to see how compliant we would be. Current conspiracy says that Fauci and the NIH, including Moderna, had planned the pandemic, which is why Moderna was filing for mRNA vaccines back in 2017, two years before COVID. That's coming to light in, in many ways. 
there is a conspiracy that Biden is on tape saying that the banks will crash in October and it is planned to force us to agree to a digital currency to protect us from vulnerabilities of the economy and to ensure even the underserved have a financial safety net provided, of course, by the government. So we'll see when that happens. Theory about the World Economic Forum planning on taking Putin out to set up a new world order. Uh, Bill Gates planning on using artificial means to produce reduced sunlight to lower global temperatures. Uh, we've been reading about that, and the government is open to that idea, which is being promulgated by Bill Gates et al. Another theory is that crime is being allowed to rise to scare the population into accepting gun control and to move towards a real police state uh, where federal police forces and a whole bunch of surveillance will soon be part of our daily life. Uh, here's another conspiracy. Biden knows he's going to win in 2024 because the Dems have a secret weapon to keep Trump from winning, even if he gets the electorate. Uh, and he, uh, he, people say, you know, he's a little bit too confident for a guy who can barely remember what day it is. Uh, there is a theory, an interesting theory that's going out on the religious circles. It says that G Jesus is coming on April 9th in 2024. And the reason behind that is because there was an eclipse back in 2017 and another eclipse on April 9th. And April 9th is Resurrection Day for those who know their Bible. And uh, they cross the eclipses seven years apart intersect at this place called Ball's Knob Cross. It's a giant white cross in southern Illinois. And many in religious circles are saying that Jesus is coming soon. Uh, another theory is that the population will or has been partially sterilized to reduce the number of people being born. Uh, and this is being pushed out through vaccines, various types of vaccines. Uh, another uh, recent conspiracy theory is that trans ideology is being pushed to disrupt the family. It's part of the World Economic Forum plan. As world governments know that as long as there is a thing called the nuclear family, they can't control children into serving the greater government. That's an interesting. And then you have the most popular conspiracy around, uh, which is that UFOs have been in contact with our world governments and they're keeping it a secret. And we're supposed to get that information any day now. It's kind of, you know, some of the ongoing typical conspiracies, some of them rooted in fear, some of them rooted in fact, some of them rooted in, well, just lunacy. But it's it's interesting to watch. I think people generally right now, because of the world and what's going on, they're a little afraid. They're just a little afraid of, of what the next shoe is going to, when the next shoe is going to drop. And uh, what's interesting now, and I observe this, is the weather. The weather right now is really commanding either because there's just not a lot, a lot of other news besides Ukraine, or maybe the journalists just stop, want to report, uh, they don't want to report on the homeless and the fentanyl stuff and all this other stuff that's going on, the decline of our great American cities. They don't want to spend too much time on that, but they'll tell you that climate change is a real problem and that 90% of America is under alert. And they're connecting the dots. You hear it from Ginger Z and Al Roker and some of these others. They're directly now saying that this heat wave that we have is all attributed to man-made climate change. And what they're not telling you is something that I've been talking about every single day now for almost two months. Every single day, there is news coming out about coronal mass or flares coming from the sun 
causing all those uh, aurora borealis lights that we're seeing. But nobody seems to be making the connection that that coronal mass is 30,000 degrees. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's hot. And yes, we have a protective atmosphere. And yes, we have the magnetic fields that sort of keep a lot of this away. But I mean, common sense would tell you that if you've, you've got that much heat coming at you, and we're just a speck of dust. You know, the sun is 100 times larger than our Earth. That it's got to have some effect on the atmosphere, heat retention, or something. And yet, you never hear about it in the media. You don't hear about it at all in the media. You don't hear about the solar mass, the sun cycle that is at its peak. And it's been doing this now, hurling out mass and cosmic energy now for almost over a year. Could that be why we're having an extraordinarily warm summer? Will somebody at least ask the question? We'll be back in just a moment. Speaking out, America. JR will be right back. Appropriately, the name of this song is called Crime in the City, and it's by Neil Young. And it's whenever there are nefarious things going on in the shadows. And I'm always glad to have on the program Michael Letts. He's the CEO of Invest, uh, Invest.org, and which is a, an organization that supplies uh, police officers and law enforcement officers with bulletproof vests. Uh, nice guy. Uh, a nice guy would do that. And he's a smart guy, too. He knows all about law enforcement and le- uh, you know things that are going on that we see every day. And there's big two stories, Michael. One is the Sound of Freedom, which I want to talk to you about because I know you know a lot about that. Uh, Did you see the movie? Saw the movie, and I have been on those raids firsthand, both from a military standpoint and from a law enforcement standpoint. Uh, All right, so what did you think of the movie as far as it depicting the uh, human trafficking? Pretty pretty accurate? Yeah, it was very accurate. I will tell this because I've had I've uh, been talking about this across the country, and I've had a lot of people call in saying, "Oh, this is too sensitive." We're we're scared to see the movie. We're scared what we might see. Let me encourage all of your listeners. This movie is very tastefully done. Uh, there are no PTSD occurrences going to happen afterwards. It is just simply making you aware of the situation. There's no graphicness to it at all. I can tell you firsthand experience. It is a hundred times worse in real life than what is portrayed on the screen. So then don't use that as an excuse not to see it. You need to be aware of the nefarious things that are occurring. But this is just really a national gross sin that must be eradicated in our country. So that kind of leads me to my next question, because at the end of the movie, we find out that America is the number one place where they end up and where the industry... What does that mean when they say that America uh, is the number one place for sex trafficking? What are they talking about there? Well, here's how the system works. Let me give you a quick overview so that your listeners understand how the process works. First of all, you understand sex trafficking is now the most lucrative profession in the world. It surpasses drug dealing. $150 plus a year. So, with all that... Remember, it's all cash revenue. With all that cash flowing, they get their product, which is their children, from a lot of times from South American countries, from uh, Asian countries. They bring them over to the U.S. And what's the easiest way to get them in? Because we have open borders. 
So we are promoting this. The USA is the, what it means, what you just asked, is we're the biggest distribution network in the world for sex, uh, sex trafficking. And is that because we have the best technology and because we're immersed in social media? Because the thing that I can't get my head wrapped around is if, if what they're saying is true, and I have no reason to not believe that it's not true, where, where did all these pedophiles come from? Well, uh, let's distinguish what we're talking about here. We have plenty of pedophiles in this country. I think uh, the perversion of our sex culture, you know, it's amazing when you get perversion involved in the, in the sex scheme, it just continues to lead from one thing to another to another. Now it's transverse, and they want pedophiling to be legal. It's not, not disgusting in this country. But it's not that we have the greatest amount of pedophiles. What they're saying is that we have the greatest amount of distribution. In other words, kids come into the U.S., they are then put in the black web and sold off and sent out all across the world. That's how, I, just, I can't even wrap my head, head around it. So they do get shipped everywhere else. But we're the ones making the money on it. But this thing is absolutely global. Who is making the money off of it? America. Uh, well, you know, or the cartels. It, 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 yeah, it, it is a huge business operation. You are correcting all those things. It is the cartel. It is foreign governments. You know, China's involved with this. Uh, you don't see any Chinese girls and children being autism, but they are heavily involved, and the same as they are heavily involved with uh, fentanyl going across our borders. Same, same and, principle. And I understand that in China, pornography is very big. I mean, it's it's That's huge correct. because they got nothing That's else correct. to do. Um, and you know, it. What about the the Epstein? I mean, when I was watching the movie with my daughter, I, I, I was thinking, and she's like 30, so, and she's such a compassionate person. So what about the tie to the Epstein and the elite and all this stuff that seems to, like, occasionally percolate, but then nobody wants to talk about it? Because isn't that what Epstein was doing? He basically, in the movie, they, they set up this sting operation, kind of like this right. fake island. And, of course, I'm thinking, you know, Epstein. Wasn't that what Epstein was doing? That's exactly what he what, what he was doing, and uh, here's how the situation works: they grab these children, or they bring them across the border. Immigration. You remember, we constantly, monthly, lose eighty some thousand kids that we know of that come across the border. We lose track of. Them. This is all documented. We have whistleblowers and uh, homeland security that have said, "Here's how it works: they come across the ones we catch." They then get notifications. It always works this way. A day or two later, saying, oh, I'm this uh, 10 kids, uncle or, or, or brother or sister. I'm here in America. Send them to me. They provide documentation. Of course, it's falsified. You know, birth certificates, et cetera. They show, hey, these people are, are, are related to me. But here's right where we fall down on the job. Homeland Security agents have been suspicious. They've gone to the black web a couple weeks after that and see these same kids advertised for sex sale all across the world. They have the same people every week saying, oh, those are other, those other two kids. Those are my nephews, too. Those are my nephews. Constantly. You would think, I mean, any idiot, Jim, can yeah. figure out that that's a setup and a scam. But anyway, that's how it works. They, we, You and I, at our taxpayer dollars, distribute them across America. Once they're in the possession of these uh, uh overlords, they then distribute them out based on, you know, the high bid that comes in off the black web. And it, it, trust me, there's a ton of it operation. But here's what I want your listeners to understand. We know where they're at. 
worldwide because we have our IP operation. We can send special forces in to deal with those. We know where they're at here in the United States. And we can shut down this whole operation in about seven days if we'll do the appropriate things. Closing our borders is the first thing. Yeah. But there's not the will to do that, Jill. Why isn't there the will? Remember I told you it's a $150 billion cash Yeah, business. right. Those yeah. cash contributions go to people that support them. Politicians, and how do they support them? Well, they tell federal agencies. I'm talking about now the Biden administration. They tell federal agencies. And this is documented. We had this in writing. We need to pull you off of sex trafficking and put you on the J6 investigation. Or we need to pull this. There are other more important uh, investigations that we're doing than to have you involved there. So they send a clear message. Sex trafficking is not important. doesn't uh, necessitate or doesn't uh, merit the resources to deal with it. And then, quite frankly, they turn the other eye when something does happen. They make sure there are judges and all that are lined in their pocket and who uh, let these people off for nothing. You change all that, we can shut down this operation in a week. That's the key. And uh, they're saying now that The Sound of Freedom will be the second most uh, successful Christian movie. And it's expected to top easily over 100 million in ticket sales coming up in the next week. Was there anything that you... I, I, there's a part of me that wants to ask this question, so I'll, I'll ask it. Do you think Hunter Biden is involved in, based on the preponderance of evidence that you've seen, that he was involved in, in child sex trafficking? Hunter Biden, Jim, if you take a look at the uh, excerpts from the president himself and uh, the diary of some of his uh, kids, daughters, who, uh, yeah. you know, you know, Diary, yeah, of course. Did, did want to have to take showers with her daddy. It was very yeah. inappropriate. <sighs> and, you know, that kind of a mentality, uh, no, it starts at the very top, above Hunter. It starts with, with Joe Biden, worked his way all throughout that Democratic uh, socialist ideology. Boy, talk about rotten, just stink at the core. This is unbelievable. I just... Oh, all right. Well, Michael, we're going to have to leave it there. Our time is always too short. We'll pick up from where we left off. And again, if you want to find out more about this man and what he does and what he can do, his uh, uh, website is Michael Letts. That's two T's, L-E-T-T-S dot com. And then, of course, if you want to help support his wonderful foundation in bestusa.org, where they pr- provide a, a bulletproof vest to law enforcement, you can do that too, in bestusa.org. And again, Michael, pleasure. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. God bless America. Together, through his grace, we'll have it. And coming up, news of the day. We'll take a look at some of the big top stories and analysis coming up on Speaking Out America. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. My name is JR. It's good to be here. And um, I want you to check out the podcast. It's on all the major platforms, so it's easy to find. Just Google Speaking Out America podcast. That's all you got to do. So I thought it would be, uh, you know, we don't do it often, but just to kind of take a general look at the news that's going on in the world today and try to figure out, you know, make sense of it all. Uh, we do want to give our condolences to a, a, a real pioneer in the broadcast industry guy by the name of Stu Epperson who passed away. He had been battle- battling a disease for quite some time. I had the opportunity of meeting Mr. Epperson a number of times. 
And we worked together for many years, actually, on various projects. Not him personally, but his organization. And um, he lived a good life. And he was a pioneer because he brought Christian radio, in my opinion. He, he made Christian radio happen. I mean, Christian radio, gospel radio, it all had been around for a long, long time. But there was, there, there was a disconnectedness to it. Uh, and, and what he did is he brought a cohesive broadcast group together that could cohesively take the words of, of Jesus and the words of the Bible to the American people in a very simple way, which was through radio. So he acquired radio stations in all the big cities to make sure that in every big city you could hear the gospel. Uh, and as a result of that, Salem has gone on to become a dominant force um, an influencer in not only the political realm, but also in the religious realm. And when you go to a convention of religious broadcasters, what you see is enthusiasm and love and passion for what they're doing because they, they feel like they're making a difference. And sometimes you don't get that when you go to a normal trade show because at a normal trade show, everybody's looking for their next opportunity or their best opportunity or what that person can do for me or if that person can help me. And the motivation is, is a little different. And, uh, and, and Salem was a big part of the religious growth of broadcasting in the United States for, gosh, the last 30, 40 years. And, you know, they've even gone on to create some of the most influential uh, talk hosts in the country, Hugh Hewitt, Prager, and now Charlie Kirk and uh, Gorka and, uh, you know, just uh, Gallagher. So anyway, to uh, uh, my prayers, and we know that Stu Epperson is in a better place. And he will be warm, warmly embraced by our Lord. So uh, excessive heat going on all around the country. It's interesting to note, if, as we mentioned previous, this is what I think is happening. And it's, again, going back to what Cheryl Atkinson said earlier about when you, when you start to see a unison of message uh, across corporate media, uh, that's by design. They're trying to convey to you a narrative that may or may not be true, depending on how much time and critical thought you want to put into it. Now, I just said a little while ago that for the past year, the sunspot cycle is in peak mode and a lot of energy is coming off the sun uh, to its satellite worlds. And we can't discount it, but we don't even mention it. Nobody mentions it. Nowhere, except for one or two websites, and for some reason it appears on, on the Google News Feed, which is amazing to me because I would think somebody would probably try to censor that. God forbid there would be another reason for the excessive heat other than climate change, man-made climate change. Uh, and so we're hearing a lot about that, but I, I think what's, it's a setup. This is what I think is happening. I think that the corporations and, the, and perhaps the government all these people that make money on climate change, and there are a lot of people that make money on climate change. Their only reason for existing is because of climate change. Uh, is because what's happening is we're, we're making a shift to renewables on our power grids across the country. This is what the, the government has implemented. It, it's almost a mandate that you need to get off of fossil fuels and get onto renewables like wind and solar and whatever else they have. And we know that these are less efficient sources of energy, particularly solar because it's unreliable and also is wind. And we know that it spends a, it takes a lot of money and resources 
and raw materials to make these renewable source providers. And they're, they're only efficient to about 20%. If you add them all up together, it's more like 17% of what we get out of fossil fuels. So the amount of energy now that the grids that we all live on, they get electricity that gets piped into all these different large metropolitan areas through the power lines, these grids have to get energy. And if it's extra hot and they're drawing on these grids and the grids are not getting enough energy from the renewables, then you're going to have blackouts or brownouts or mandated brownouts because the supply chain is less than it was five years ago. You have less energy being produced by fossil fuels and readily available and cheaper forms of energy than you do today. But the government doesn't tell you that. What they tell you and what the media doesn't tell you but they do tell you is that because of the excess heat caused by man-made climate change, it's putting more of a drain on our grid, which may be true. But the, what they don't tell you is that the grid now is being supplied by less abundant energy sources because of our transition to renewables. So it's like the milkman is delivering less milk to be sold but the grocer is blaming that too many people want milk. And that's where we're at with our uh, energy policy is that they won't admit that renewables are not sufficient to power humanity at its current need. They won't admit that they can't reduce energy consumption 30, 40 percent, roll it back to 1970 levels. They can't because we've been dependent on these power grids to supply us all of the comforts that we need. And nowhere is this more glaring than when you see a natural disaster like an earthquake or a flood and you have all of these people that are there and they are trying to uh, salvage the situation, save lives, bring back normalcy to a community. And they can't do it with electric vehicles. They have to have those heavy machinery vehicles that suck up diesel fuel in order to remove the stone or re remove the debris or lift boats out of canals. Or, or, or build roads quickly. You saw what happened in New Hampshire and Connecticut where some of these roads were just completely washed out. Well, you couldn't rebuild those roads quickly if you were only dependent on electric vehicles. There wouldn't, you'd, have to, you'd be spending all your time charging the electric vehicle. I mean, how big do you want these batteries to be? I mean, they're already 8 to 10,000 pounds. That's four to, ten, four to five tons. You know, an average car now, a gas car, except for the bigger SUVs, is around 2,500, 3,000 pounds. One battery is weighs more than most average cars weigh. Just the battery. That doesn't include, and of course, the, the chassis and the body is a little bit less weighty, but it doesn't compensate for the, the tremendous amount of weight that a battery uh, weighs. So the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that they're, they're, they're creating their own problem. You know, if global warming is a natural cycle, and it certainly would appear to be, if it can be influenced by the 11-year cycle of the sun and its peak cycles, I mean, that would be natural climate change because we are, the, the sun gives us everything. And sometimes it gives us a little more and sometimes it gives us a little less. 
but it's part of a natural ebb and flow cycle, just like the tides go in and the time tides go out. And they're affected by the moon. So if the moon can have this much effect on the entire body of water on the earth, what effect do you think the sun would have? So this idea of Bill Gates putting up this nitrous, whatever he wants to put up there, to create shadows and deflect some of the sunlight, they're just he's just playing with his toys. This is a toy to him. Because anybody, any scientist that Bill Gates goes to and says, hey, I, I think I want to do this. If I pay you enough money, will you figure out a way to do it? What, what scientist is going to say no? They'll come up with five different ways. They won't know if they work, but they'll present it to Bill and say, we think we can do this based on the science, the current science. Now, we have no proof, uh, and these are just models, but we think they'll work. And I think that's kind of what's happening now with all these very wealthy people. They want to, you know, if they really are fearful that the earth is dying, uh, that means they're going to lose everything. And they don't want to lose anything. They want to maintain their status quo and do something, quote, for the greater good so they'll sleep better at night. And uh, that's, I think, the problem is that not enough people are allowed to question what's happening, especially in our media when they keep sending us the same message over and over. All right, what else is going on? So we know now that more people are going to be starving uh, because they're not going to get their wheat and they're not going to get their grain in parts of Asia and Africa. Why? Because in response to us sending troops and cluster bombs, Russia says, you know what? If you're going to do that, we're not going to ship wheat and rice and all this other stuff through the Black Sea. You're on your own. You can deal with Ukraine. Uh, and we know that he's doing that because, you know what? He's going to make other people suffer. And this is why we probably need to get to the negotiation table sooner than later. That would quell a lot of unsettledness. Because right now, I think everybody in the back of their mind is worried about World War III. They're worried that this war is going to escalate and that we are going to be faced with a real conundrum when a nuclear bomb gets dropped somewhere. And now what do we do? And, you know, in, in our current environment with our current leadership, it's not that unlikely. What did uh, yesterday, it was Ted Kennedy who told Trump that of all the people in the Senate, Joe Biden was the dumbest. Uh, when it comes to policy, you know, or anything that requires deep thought, don't count on Joe Biden. That's what he said. And you know what? That sounds like it has a ring of truth. Speaking out America, the podcast, and Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. right here on crntalk.com. See you next time.